game is over, the New York Jets are the world champions. You play to win the game. He's got it! That's a Jet touchdown! Can't wait! You're listening to the official New York Jets podcast, a Jets 360 production. What's up, everybody? Ethan Greenberg, Eric Allen, back in studio for another edition of the official Jets podcast. This is a very special week for us because we have a guest that's long overdue. He's in the building every day or almost every day if he's not in New York City being busy somewhere. President of the New York Jets, Neil Glatt. We will talk to him later in the show. We sat down with him. First things first, EA team one and one now after the home opener. Very excited to play in MetLife Stadium for the first time since last season, and unfortunately came away with a loss. Yeah, you got to put that in your rear view mirror uh, almost immediately because this is a short week. I uh, thought the effort was fine, and there were a number of times when I really thought the Jets were going to seize momentum away from the Miami Dolphins. I know that sounds crazy because they were facing a 20 to nothing deficit at halftime, but they came out, took the, uh, took the ball at the beginning of the third quarter, and Sam Darnold let him right down the field, and Bilal Powell puts on a nice move. I think it was 28 yards out on that pitch and catch, and all of a sudden it's 26. The very next play from scrimmage, Ryan Tannehill looks at Jordan Jenkins and says, whoa, and loses the ball in the process. And J.J.'s right there. You got the ball at the 12-yard line, and you're thinking this place is ready to explode. It's going to be 20-13, to 13, and there are still 10 minutes left in the third quarter. Unfortunately, Sam Darnold's first pass after the takeaway was intercepted by Xavier Howard, and... It was a tough yeah, road from there. For, for me, that was a turning point of the game is just because, like what you said, is the place was ready to erupt. It was. And uh, I, I think just on the Jordan Jenkins plays, it was kind of reminiscent of the Thursday night Bills game Ty from Rod last Taylor? year. Yeah, except uh, – Tyrod kept the ball. Tyrod got <laughs> destroyed. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Jordan Jenkins ta- sacked Tyrod and – it was nearly a safety. You and can't fool him with the boot too many times. Yeah, I know. Yeah. He, he, I've been very impressed with that. But you talked responsibility. About, you talked about putting it in the rear view, so that game, see it. We're moving ahead now. because Yeah, and I would just want to say is that it's very difficult in this league to overcome a 20 to nothing deficit. Mm-hmm. And you got to play complementary football, and that's what the Jets are going to have to return to uh, Thursday night. So let's talk about Thursday night for a second here. This is a Browns team that is oh. One and one, and they tied against the Steelers in week one. Probably should have won that game. Could have at least tied against the Saints. What was the final in that game? The Saints won 21-18, and the Browns field goal kicker at the time, Zane Gonzalez, who, if you recall, I believe missed at least one, if not two, field goals against the Jets last year in Cleveland, missed an extra point, a game-tying field goal to tie the game with Zero seconds left remaining. So they had the lead against New Orleans for most of the yes, game. Yes, they didn't did, they? and they played they, that game at the Superdome. You're looking at a Brown, or you're looking at a Browns team that easily could be two and zero. Oh. The thing for for them though, Greens is mentally, where are you at? Because that team didn't win a ball game last year. This is a dangerous opponent 
to your point, that they easily could be 2-0. and But, uh, you know, the Jets are going to have to have a great week of preparation and get ready for a team that, frankly, has a lot of playmakers. All right, well, just quickly here, if you're a Jets fan and, you know, a, a little bit about the Browns, let's say you haven't watched Hard Knocks, so you know just the fact that they're 1-31 in the past two seasons, they're all 1-1 now, but you talked about them being a dangerous team, is who's one guy on offense and one guy on defense that you're you're saying, okay, i got to watch out for those guys if you're a Jets fan. And Jarvis Juice Landry, the former Miami Dolphin, who didn't play, obviously, Sunday because he's now in Cleveland. Uh, he's tough as nails. He can run all the routes. He is an energy guy. He's like a small Q for the Jets, you know. And I'm not saying Anun was ever put up the, the numbers that Jarvis has. By the way, I think Quincy's going to have a big number season. Maybe we'll talk about that later because after two weeks, he's got like 13 catches already. Uh, but I digress. Juice Landry and then uh, on the opposite side of the ball, Miles Garrett is an absolute freak. Yeah, I was going to say on defense, you got to pay attention to Garrett. He played his first NFL game last year against the Jets. Mm. And I'm pretty sure he had two sacks in that game. But Of Josh McCown, yeah. Yeah, this dude is a, a freak. I mean, he's a monster. So It I, doesn't get any easier after facing Robert Quinn and Cameron Wake because uh, this guy can bring it. And the Browns, uh, they're, they're kind of dirty in a nasty yeah. way on defense. And then, if just looking ahead here a little bit, is then you play in Jacksonville against a front seven that may be the best in the league. So it gets no. It gets. Did you see any of that game? I guess they pounded no. the Patriots. I didn't pretty see good. any of it. Which let's not overreact, everybody. I'm not a Patriots apologist. Actually, I'm the opposite. But we've seen New England. Be- <laughs> we've seen New England before lose a couple games early. Okay, let's uh, yeah. let's not say it's the end uh, for New England or anything like that. Just that just speaks to how good Jacksonville is. But for the Jets, you cannot worry about the Jaguars at all. Otherwise. You're going to be one and two, and then have to go to Jacksonville. For the Jets, it's put Miami behind you, concentrate on the task at hand, get back to playing complimentary football, take care of the ball, and get off the field when you can defensively and and scratch out a win because this is going, this is going no pun intended. Are you going to say dog it's a dog fight? fight? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Just real quick here on the Browns, as you talked about Juice Landry, for me on offense, it's Tyrod or Tyrod, however you want to pronounce it, because apparently he tells people it's Tyrod and Tyrod, so you can't go wrong there. But the Jets did a very good job against Taylor when he was a member of the Buffalo Bills last season. And I think in order to have similar success, you have to be on your P's and Q's against Tyrod this week on Thursday night because he's mobile. He doesn't turn the ball over a lot, but what the Jets did last year is they collapsed the pocket, meaning that the pocket just shrunk and and he had nowhere to go, so he had to throw it, and that's how the Jets had success last year. So I would look for that, and not to mention the Browns don't have Joe Thomas anymore, so send the house. And we'll see what happens. But now, we talked about it before. Neil Glatt came in studio, sat down with him. This is our talk with the president of the New York Jets. All right, this is a very special time 
on the official Jets podcast. You know EA and I are always here. Now we have Neil Glatt, the president of the New York Jets, in the studio. Thank you for coming. No, thanks for having me. It's great to be here. Well, you are a loyal listener. It is overdue for us to have you on the podcast. Neil, you've been president of the Jets for more than six years. Has time flown by? It does fly. Yeah? It does fly. But uh, it's great to be part of the Jets. It's great to deal with Jet fans. They are uh, terrific. They're loyal. Uh, and uh, every game is different. Every season's different. So uh, no days are dull. What is uh for people that don't know, is you started out in the league. So what what was intriguing to you about going from a league perspective to a team perspective? So I think at the league, you're dealing with a lot of league-level strategic issues that implicate all 32 clubs. Uh, when you come to uh, the Jets or come to an individual team, you're all in. It's one team. Uh, it's all about winning on the football field. I spend more of my time thinking about how do we enhance the fan experience and how do, how do we do great things off the field. Uh, and it's just being part of a, a, a small, nimble group. The league experience was terrific and fantastic, and I wouldn't trade it for anything. Those issues are big, broad issues, and you read about a lot of those in the paper, as well as what you read about at the Jets. But for me, it was uh, the opportunity to be part of the organization that uh, Woody Johnson already built and hopefully contribute in some way. How different is it for you coming into work on a Tuesday morning after the Jets beat the Detroit Lions on Monday Night Football and now a Monday morning after the Jets lose their home opener to the Miami Dolphins as opposed to just coming into the office at the league office? <laughs> it, uh, you know, when I was at the league office, people would always say, don't call a club after a loss. Don't call them that Monday and or that Tuesday. And yet, you knew it kind of intellectually, but you didn't feel it the same way that, uh, that, that you do at a club. You didn't really, you, you understood it and you can kind of articulate it, but until you've lived through it, you, you don't know. Look, we're in the, we're in, we want to win. Uh, everyone in the organization is, is, is rowing in the same direction, whether you're a player or a coach or somebody in the front office or somebody working on the business side. You're, you're here to win. Uh, this is what you come into the office to do every day. And so the highs are really high. The lows, unfortunately, are, are low, but also you have to be a professional and really kind of by noon the, after, after a win or a loss, you kind of got to get ready for the next one and get ready for the next uh, event at the stadium, get ready for the next game, whatever it might be. It's like, it's like the one game or the one day rule that right. the players have, but it's the business side. On the business side, I think to me, it's, it's really by noon. Yeah, okay. It's like, so, let's, let, 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 let's go, guys. And, uh, but, you know, but part of it is that next day um, you're interacting with fans. Mm -hmm. Fans are calling into the office, and uh, so you have to be prepared for, uh, for, for a win or a loss. Well, what, what's a day in the life like for you, not you know, outside of coming in on a Monday, just for fans that don't know, you talked about that you're thinking about ways to enhance the fan experience. Well, what, what is a day in the life of Neil Glatt in the office like? Every day really is different. Um, you, you, we're, we're in a, a, a business that uh, there's a lot of uh, intensity to the business. Fans are incredibly engaged. So it could be after a game, you could be dealing with things that went well on game day, things that didn't go well. How do we address it? So by the next game, if there was something that happened uh, at the stadium that you want to improve upon, uh, if there was something on the scoreboard, that a feature that worked well, let's do more of it. If there was something that we didn't think we got this, the fan reaction we wanted, well, let's, let, let's think about it. So after a game, there's always a lot of recaps and strategizing and planning. Uh, it could be something that is in the media. 
It could be something involving working with the players on a community relations issue. So you really don't know. It could be uh, a sponsor is looking to activate in a different way. Uh, so the great thing is, uh, you know, what keeps it incredibly exciting is the variety. Um, but it, it is a singular focus on, uh, on winning football games. So any way that we can, focusing on the business side, can help the football team. And then obviously the fan experience. Well, you, you keep us on point, and I always tell folks about this because when you have an opportunity to meet Neil and maybe express concern or also express hope or optimism or happiness with something that's going on, Neil always relays things on to people within the organization. So with that being said, if somebody comes up to you and says, hey, you know, I saw something at the stadium that didn't look right, you follow up immediately with, uh, within whatever department you have to reach, you have that personal interaction, and I think that's a great quality to have because it, you don't let it go either. Anytime you speak to a fan. You, you said I've been, this, I'm going into my seventh season, I've been at the Jets over six years. Uh, when I came in, it was impressive how much people cared. And so if, if you see people who work for the Jets on game day or at an event throughout the year, and they hear something from a fan or a business partner that's not working well, they're not going to say it's not my job. Uh, and, that, and that starts with me. If, if there's something that we can do better, we're going to try and do better. We will follow up on it. We have, uh, uh, you know, every three to six months, we'll have a fan, what we call a fan advisory board. We'll invite uh, anywhere from 20 to 50 fans. Usually we'll do it here at the, at the Atlantic Health Jets Training Center. Uh, often they'll have a chance. There'll be an impromptu stop by 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 Coach Bowles or, or, or by uh, Mike McCagnan. So they get a little bit of, of fun football stuff. But we're really, it's serious business for us at that fan advisory board. We really want their feedback on what's working, what's not working. And you'll see, uh, including me, everyone's taking notes because um, uh, we certainly want to get their perspective on what's working and what's not working. And, uh, and those conversations are critically important. And what they don't see after that meeting is there will be a number of follow-up meetings where we're just going through a to-do list and a checklist based on what that fan feedback Yeah, and speaking was. of that, you just came out of a meeting where you guys did basically your after-action report of what happened at the season opener. Yes, and we do that after every game, and, and candidly, we do it after every event. Yeah. So uh, when we finish training camp, what worked well at training camp, what worked well at green and white, and then what would you do differently next year? Um, because the season is fast and furious, the off-season is fast and furious, so if you don't really take that time when it's fresh in your mind on how do we improve, uh, sometimes that gets lost in translation come next year when you're ready to do it again. You have such a, before we jump topics here, you, I think you have a really unique perspective now after six seasons here and then 15 at the league. So you were talking about just kind of what goes on through your head on our game days at MetLife Stadium. Well, I want to know is when you're on the road, are you looking at what different stadiums and organizations do to potentially enhance the fan experience like you talked about before? Like how, how do you take in a game not at MetLife Stadium? It, 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 it's exactly what you said. We are looking at what they are doing. So what kind of music are they playing before and during the game? We will look at what their concession offerings are. We will look at their prices to see how, how we compare to their pricing. We have a new initiative that we call our Bump 50-50 where fans can buy essentially raffle tickets and, and win some jackpots. Well, Detroit's done a great job of that. So when we were out in Detroit, that was something we kept our eye on. So for us, uh, the great thing is everyone competes in the NFL pretty intensively uh, on the field, but off the field, it's a pretty collaborative organization. And so 
clubs all want to get better. We want to get better. So if they're working on something, uh, we're going to go out there and ask a lot of questions and look around. Uh, similarly, we rolled out when we rolled out our rewards program and our digital ticketing solutions four or five years ago. Every club that came in was asking us how it went. Uh, we, we gave them tours. Uh, and uh, you know we're happy to help other clubs in the league similar to the way they're helping us. All right, so much to get to because we got to talk about what's new on game day at MetLife Stadium. If you are a Jets fan, are you going to be attending a Jets game this season? We want to talk about the new uniforms, but first we got to ask about Christopher Johnson. Woody Johnson, of course, serving as U.S. Ambassador to Great Britain and Northern Ireland. What has Christopher been like as a CEO and your interactions uh, been like with him? For people on the outside, they see Christopher and he's a likable sort, but you have an intimate knowledge. It's his passion. I think the fans have heard from him and seen his passion for football but also his passion for the fan experience. So Christopher's out in the parking lots a lot, similar to our fan advisory board. He's talking to fans constantly. And similar to us taking notes, when fans raise issues, he will act upon it either directly or share that with others in the organization and, and get us going on it. It's been a, a fairly smooth transition. Uh, you know, he, he's a terrific person, uh, you know, first and foremost. Yeah. Uh, but as somebody to work for, you can have a conversation with him, you can problem solve with him, and so, uh, you know, nothing but kudos and praise. He's on top of a number of things organizationally, but also, he's also into the latest workouts and a sharp dresser, yeah, Christopher Johnson. You gotta, you gotta give CJ a lot of credit there. He's got a lot of passions, um, and in terms of a lot of things we're doing with the players, in terms of off the field issues, uh, he's developed a great rapport. Yeah. Uh, with the players, and so we're working with them on a number of, of social initiatives and other community initiatives, and Chris's leadership in that area has been terrific. There was a great photo last week of Christopher down on one knee and Jamal Adams down on one knee, and those two just talking at practice. It's pretty cool. Uh, actually, before that, Christopher Johnson, as the team was stretching, he was on one of the bikes uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. on the sideline. Yeah, he's no, always getting yeah, in no, it. He, yeah. he was getting a workout in while watching practice. Good, he's putting pressure on all of us. <laughs> yes, you know, he to, is. To make sure Starts we, up top. Know, yeah. yeah, exactly. Uh, okay, so we, we've talked about game day a little bit here. Just to dive into it is, if you're going to a Jets game this year, what is new about the 2018 season from the experience standpoint? Some are subtle, um, but uh, more dramatic. So you know, a couple of years ago, we put out what we call pilot vision. So we understand that fans are coming out, they want to see the action on the field, they want to see the highlights and the replays of the game that's going on. But we then have pilot vision. They also want stats. They also want to see the, the out-of-town scores. They also want to see the red zone from time to time. So how we program that, we're always trying to think, what is the fan today? How do they want to consume the game when they come out to the stadium? But it's different. You have 80,000 people out there. Some want to be on their smartphones a lot, others don't. Yeah. Some grew up, you know, sitting in an upper deck listening on a transistor radio. Others don't know what I'm talking about when I mention a transistor radio. <laughs> so you try and strike that balance. And uh, so a lot of it is, is the scoreboard features. So those are, those are new and different. This year we're also doing uh, some different things with music. Um, so uh, we announced uh, probably about a month ago yeah. we have a partnership with Def Jam Recordings, and they're great partners. So that's – you said, mentioned the stadium. So the run-out song – uh, was done by some of their artists, and so that's been a lot of fun. Uh, we, in fact, had uh, Marcus May and Jamal Adams 
going to the studio with, with Jada Kiss, with, right? With Jada, Jada Kiss, um, and they were working on some some music opportunities together, and what we call our hype videos. Mm -hmm. So when we get videos out on on social media and Instagram and the like uh, on a Friday before a game. A lot of that's going to involve Def Jam recordings, and I'm in the studio of Jets 360 Productions, <laughs> so a lot of that's produced by uh, by the excellent guys and, and women in this organization who produce that content, including the two of you. So that's that's going to be a lot of fun. We also are uh, having a kids' day coming up on October 7th against the Broncos, and so we're going to have a lot of fun things for the kids, including. WWE and they bring some of their superstars out and they're terrific entertainers and they're a lot of fun and we had the Miz at our what we call our upfront where we kind of introduced a lot of our, our new events and new activities and uh, these guys just have a lot of fun yeah. and the kids will have a lot of fun with them and we'll do some of that uh, before the game and, and during the game. The last one, uh, our game against the Vikings. We're doing some things with Marvel, Marvel yes. and so that's obviously an amazing entertainment company and, and, we're, and we're thrilled to be working with them. So uh, the first uh, number of people coming in the building are going to get a bobblehead. Coincidentally, maybe not that coincidentally, we're playing uh, the Vikings, so it's kind of going to be Hulk versus Thor. Oh, okay. Um, so we're doing a little bit of that. So the, what we, we spent a lot of time thinking about, uh, we, we know what it, the action on the field is what people really care about, but anything we can do just to have a little bit more fun when you come out. We, we, we know people are investing a lot of their time. So we, we, we try and get creative, and some of that we do on our own, and some of that is doing with some of the great partners that I just mentioned. There are a ton of exciting um, game day themes for the Jets throughout the 2018 season. What is the genesis of the new uniforms? Everybody's asking, uh, the Neil. The genesis of the new uniform. <laughs> Why? It's like the hottest button top. It is. Right. It is. Well, and we have the man himself. Well, well, well it starts with uh, uh, Woody Johnson. Sure. And, and his vision for wanting to, to do something different with the uniform. And so, uh, you know, he, he put together a, a working group internally, but working closely with people at the league who have worked through a number of uniform changes over the past X years. And so this is years in the making? This is years in the making. Yeah. And uh, also working with Nike. And they do terrific work. And uh, it's a real iterative process. I mean, it's been, it really has been years in the making. And it's looking at everything, all kinds of different designs, all different kind of uh, logos and other things that might go on the uniform. And uh, uniform changes are subjective. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, ownership loved it. Um, some of the, uh, the people on the, uh, you know, on the football side who have seen it love it. And, uh, but hopefully the fans will love it. And uh, so it'll uh, probably be officially launched in March. Um, and we're going to try and make a little bit of hoopla out of that. Um, uh, again, it's subjective, so just one man's opinion, but, but I think the fans will like it. I do think you're going to see the Jets go through basically all their uniform combinations here in 2018 because you've already seen the all-white with the white face mask against the Detroit Lions. You're going all-white against with the gray. Indianapolis. We know that. We got the... And I think all, it's the gray face mask also uh, for, the, uh, right, for yep, the Colts game. Yep, yep. And we had the green out like we mentioned against the Minnesota Vikings. The traditional green and white against the Miami Dolphins for the home opener. I know we'll see the green pants. And probably. the green out's going to have the color rush yep. uniforms. That's right. So so, uh, the, the, so pot, the neon green. The, the one that we originally was rolled out on Thursday nights yes. that pop, uh, I think we, we played against the Bills a couple of times. Mm -hmm. that. Yep. Um, 
Uh, those decisions, you know, are really made by coach. Yep. Interestingly, because yeah. a coach, uh, you know, I think he's always trying to anticipate what's what's the best kind of. Coach has some style. He does have style. He's got a lot. He's so. got his little private yeah. label down there. He's yeah. got the hats that nobody has. <laughs> no, sometimes I see coach on the side. That's a, <laughs> yeah. We got to get that. You know, yeah. we got we got to get that to fans. <laughs> we got to get that to other people in the building. He he has some great stuff. E- EA's watching the press conferences, and he always, you know he always comes up to me. He says. Yep, coach got a new label today. Yeah, yep, yep. yeah, yeah. People are asking me about we it. We respect his style. Yeah, we yes. like it. And so he, I think I think he'll have I you know, I think he'll have a lot of fun with the new uniform also. Uh, we gotta go off. Yeah, the field we, we, now. we gotta go off the field All now. Right. And we know you're big into movies, into TV shows. So for fans that don't know, one, what is your favorite all-time TV show and movie? And two, is what what do you look what are you watching now? My all-time favorite TV show, it probably is Seinfeld. Okay. Um, do you still watch it in syndication? Because I do. I watch it every night at 11 o'clock. I do. Well, I, I do. <laughs> I actually record them. Yeah, do And then I watch them in bulk, you know, yeah. at times. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so I, I might be watching not a Jet game, a sporting event. I'll pause it for a little bit and go watch an episode and, and then come back and catch up a, 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 on the game. What was your conversations like with Larry David when he came around? It, you know, <laughs> Just listen. He, you could just see the the brilliance. Honestly, yeah. you could see the creativity. He is laid back, relaxed, um, and he's actually he's an enormous Jet fan. Yeah, yeah, yeah um, I know. But uh, he's funny. I he mean, was very impressed with how clean the lunch area yes. was downstairs. And uh, <laughs> you could just see he'd be. You know, he's one of those guys. Pull up, pull up a seat, and you'll you'll enjoy yourself. Yeah. yeah. What about what about the movie? The m- movie. Uh, Gladiator. Gladiator yeah, is, is, pro- is probably yeah. that's one of those movies. Whenever it's on, uh, you know, I'll get sucked in for a half hour. What's been on a lot lately is Goodfellas. Yeah. So you can kind of see yeah. kind of my my demo at work here, but uh, kind of good action oriented uh, movies. Are you a big Russell Crowe fan? I like Russell Crowe. Yeah, yeah, he's great in Gladiator. Yeah, Gladiator. Uh, I actually saw both of those movies for the first time like two years ago. Um, behind the eight ball. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, it's little great. history. <laughs> yep. Little dramatization. Yeah. Good action. Oh, get you ready to run through a wall. Kind of every emotional state you can get. Okay, how about streaming series? Because sometimes Neil <laughs> will go on a plane and, and you'll catch up on something and, and, and you'll get into a series. Uh, what's got Yeah, and some of, the coach, the, some of the coaches will recommend some shows yeah, yeah. At, at times. Uh, this summer I did Sneaky Pete. Okay. The series I'm waiting to come back in October is Ray Donovan. I, yeah, I knew you were going to say Liv Schreiber. That. Come on, I've only seen a couple of Ray Donovan. I, I have not watched. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you've had Schreiber so, out to the games. So it's Green's top show. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Liev has yeah. been out. To, he, yeah, yeah uh, and he was I, a real I, gentleman. And he's the voice of Hot Knocks. Yes. So he, among many other things, uh, yeah, but, but he's done a lot of the HBO yeah. sports stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's, he, and when you hear his voice, it's one of those great voices. Oh, yeah. it, it is. So what were you about to ask? Yeah, what, 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 what are you guys streaming? I'm always kind of, what, 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 well, could be, what, what can we stream in the off-season when I, we kind of get through the we, busy season? I think I've told you about this before, is uh, Peaky Blinders yeah. on Netflix. I'm a big Peaky Blinders fan. That, um, the new season Your culture is like ninth, turn of the century, yeah. British, yeah. you know, none of this uh, uh, no, gritty no, no. Los he, Angeles he, for he's you. Not, he's like our Sam Darnold here. He's an old soul. <laughs> right. <laughs> I, I hear great things about uh, that. I'm, I'm all in on Peaky Blinders. Um, I, I watched in college The Sopranos. Right. And I liked that a lot. Believe it or not, I have not done the entire Sopranos. <laughs> it, it's it's <laughs> a lot. And that surprises yeah, me. I, I've kind of probably seen a season and a half. and I'm, People have said to me, 
I wish I could replicate watching it again when you get the chance to oh, watch yeah. it. So well, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I wanted it. to ask him about the ending when he started mentioning, but you, uh, we'll have to. I did see it. the last episode. Oh, you did. Oh, yeah. What, what was your thought? Well, so I just saw the diner scene. And, yeah. You know, I, I don't. I didn't know enough. I didn't have the same investment yet because I didn't uh, commit the number of years to the show yet. Neil, let's bring a full circle. Come back to the Jets here. You talked about it. It, it. It's all about what happens on the field, and we're trying to enhance that. Um, do you like what you're seeing as far as this team coming together, having some young pieces, drafting a quarterback who's performed well early on in his career and Sam Darnold? And, you know, you're set up salary cap-wise. Uh, I believe Mike has said it. you got the most cap room. So you got the financial flexibility following this season. We think about some young pieces on defense, whether that be Jamal Adams or Leonard Williams or Darren Lee, and offensively Quincy Anun went back. And yeah, do you like what you're seeing out of this team and the way uh, it's set up for the future? I'm always an optimist, yeah. um, but absolutely. Um, I, you know, you saw some of that potential on Monday night. And, uh, you know, he certainly got a lot of turnovers and, 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 and got, you know, some breaks, but it was, it was outstanding. Yeah. Um, and you see uh, when that team can play and the talent that they have, and to your point, um, the coaches are only making guys better. And uh, we have a little bit more cap room this year. If it's not spent this year, then it rolls over to next year. And then, then Mike and his team, sitting down with Coach Bowles, can prioritize how do they continue to upgrade the roster. So, um you know, I'm looking forward to an exciting season, and and the fans that we've spoken to, uh, you know, sh similarly share that sentiment. Yeah, I agree with that. So three games in 11 days, Cleveland Browns Thursday night. Another time for the team to be playing in front of the nation. So a good opportunity here, and then 10 days to prepare for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah, short week. So I, I know that's tough on the guys, and uh, and then hopefully we come out victorious, and then they kind of get that mini buy. And some guys who are dealing with some, you know, injuries and other things hopefully get healthy. Yeah. And then you go down to Jacksonville. And, and then you get that uh, three-game homestand, and which then, is very unique in the National Football yeah, League. Three, uh, three games in October, yeah. 1 o'clock games, yeah. and uh, we're expecting great crowds for that. And uh, as you told me, to, what should I tell the fans is, you know, we're, we're looking to do some great things. So hopefully uh, we'll see as many people who are listening to this podcast out at the stadium as possible. This was awesome. We Thank, appreciate you no, coming this was fun. the studio. Thank you, Thank you guys. We talked about movies with Neil. Hmm. You talked about the Sopranos ending. Have you seen the end? Sopranos? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, for all... Like, so what, what happens? Well, what, what, what's your take on it? I, I think he lives. I think that the, the whole idea is that you're supposed to feel like you're always watching behind you, looking around, like, who, who's going to... Like, is this guy going to off me? Is this guy coming from my head? Right. But I think that in the end because of what had transpired in the episodes earlier and who had died and who was no longer there around, I think that means that he is in the clear. He's just always watching his back. Okay, so if you, my thing is, if you're the director or creator of the show, is the thought process to, obviously, it's the number one is to leave you hanging. But for them, what I would like to know is that do is that their only goal, or do they have something in mind? Whereas they, in their mind, had him killed, or the family 
was taken care of. Or, to your point, he's just going through this process of taking a look who's coming through the door and there's a strange man there and all that other stuff. So I don't know how that all works. Okay, so just just tying things up here is I, I know that we mentioned Juice, Tyrod, and Miles Garrett, but the Browns also have some other weapons on offense. Who you want to talk about? Do I? I don't know. Do you? Carlos Hyde? I thought you wanted to talk about uh, Najoku. Oh, David yeah. Najoku <laughs> and Antonio Callaway. I did. Yeah, Callaway is an interesting rookie who had some issues off the field at Florida. And, and in he, the NFL. Yes, on Hard Knocks, and we all witnessed that for those of the folks at home who watch Hard Knocks like us. But, yeah, uh, Najoku, is a, he is a dangerous uh, tight end. And uh, Callaway, if he stays on the straight, narrow path, he could be a big-time weapon in the National Football League. Carlos Hyde came over from San Francisco in a free agency. And then another guy, defensively, they surprised a lot of people, not going with the pass rusher to pair him up with Garrett there. He could have went with Bradley Chubb. And they pulled the string on Denzel Ward, and everybody's like, oh, Denzel Ward, but he came in. Week one, two interceptions of Ben Roethlisberger. Not a bad start, right? I think he had two picks in his collegiate career. So I immediately tied that in game one. The the other thing is... And you know, this is going to be like a Super Bowl uh, the Thursday night in Cleveland. And I don't say that uh, out of disrespect. My meaning here is that this city loves their football team. They haven't tasted victory in so long. And also... The national spotlight will be on them. So they are going to come ready to play in that atmosphere and that It's going to be electric. Yes. Well, what I will say is, though. No offense to Detroit. No, no, but what, what I will say is being in the locker room after Sunday's game, the Jets locker room, is that you could tell how upset the players were, how upset the Jets players were. So I think moving forward, I think this team's going to be ready to play, although it will be a dogfight, like you said. And just another guy on defense is the Browns had a Pro Bowl linebacker last year that nobody talks about. That's Joe Schobert. And Christian Kirksey yep. led the NFL in tackles a couple of years ago. Oh, so yeah, their linebackers move all over yeah. the place. So I, I think it, it's, this is not your your Browns of all. This is, this is a tough game, and it's a short week. And if you don't know where to tune in, I'll tell you right now because it's on NFL Networks. There's not at football, 820 Jets Brown, and that's all we have this week on the official Jets podcast. We're out.